Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mother-in-Law Suite. This week, we got a special episode. This week, I got the host, Zach, and the host, John, from For Your Information Podcast. They graciously had me on last week for an episode, a special episode for A24 Midsommar. We discussed a little bit. But here they are, boys. They're on mine. They're on the Mother-in-Law Suite. This is the film suite now, you know? So we're, we're having a good time. How are you guys doing today? You guys, you guys vibing? You guys special this week doing super great glad to be on yeah yeah how you how about you zach how i'm you doing? doing great when do we get paid for this yeah yeah no the, the same time i do you gotta know the podcasters <laughs> union applies across different podcasts so if you have someone on a podcast that's be union approved yeah exactly you know they're already talking about like forming a union now you know they're gonna mutiny Ooh. <laughs> hostile takeover of the podcasters union john we can be the podcast union busters Oh no, we're going to Pinkerton our way into the podcast union dominance. That's what we're going to do. Hell yeah. Oh no. So so what you so so you guys on your on your on your on your podcast like the title uh, uh, would would kind of presume, you know, you guys talk about films for your information, correct? You, yes. you discuss the uh, the the metrics, the the production, the the cast, the crew, the the plots, everything about films, the in and out. How long have you guys been doing that for? I think we started at the end of summer 2019. Yeah, so that that we're coming up on year 3 now, more or less. We took a bit of a hiatus for a few months, but yeah, I guess we're coming up on the end of year 3, right? Yeah, so we're in what we call season three it's uh, the seasons are meaningless <laughs> but yeah. um it's kind of to denote like years or like possibly a change of format because uh we started out just the idea that i had for them for the podcast at first was to go through like the writing process of a film because that's that was what i was very interested in at the time was becoming a film writer um, not that that's really changed, but the way that we did the podcasting. So I would focus more on the plot and the story elements and going through how that works. And then it got to a point where I was like, I'm already bored doing this. And we're like yeah. 10 episodes in. We're basically just doing plots like summaries. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, let's add in like fun facts. Let's do all this other kind of stuff. And then it just kind of grew from there. See, that's my like favorite thing about like side projects like it like oh in in an association or in a similar aspect like with music and stuff like i was talking to um john before we started this i was talking about how um i was showing him a band between the buried and me i've talked about him multiple times on the podcast um one of the one of the band members i i don't know his first name but he has a side project he's the he's the second guitarist or not and not between the buried and me my bad my apologies it was um animals as leaders the side guitarist has a uh a band called mestis and it's this latin infused and there's like so you so you can like kind of see the inner interchangings like i think it was the other one what i was thinking of was um between the buried and me the lead singer has a side project using his name thomas giles and it, it's more of like a like poppy kind of like psychedelic weird metal rock thing that he does it's mm -hmm. really cool but it, but like you get to like see all these like in interchangeable like pathways between like what, what's happening behind on the scenes and behind the scenes of the movies and not necessarily just the movies themselves but the actors and everything like oh this person's in this movie and they've worked with this person like i think you were talking about whenever i was on there you mentioned um we were talking about florence Pugh because she was in midsummer and you recommended me to watch little woman right yes and that is starring florence Pugh 
and Timothy Chalet's in it, right? Yeah, Timothy Chalet's in uh, it. Yeah. Emma Watson, um, Saoirse Ronan, like so many, like so yeah. many good actor, actors. I was looking at it, and I, I watched Little Bird because I think you told me to watch that too. But yeah. Florence Plew is in that as well, and Timothy Timothy Chalet's in that one as well. So it's like this weird little like, you know, everybody kind of knows each other in and out of this industry. But I didn't bring you on here to talk about movies because that's what you guys do anyways. I want to see what makes you guys tick. You said you went to art school, correct? Or film school. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Not art. Basically is an art. (laughs) Well, my fiance was in art school, so I kind of also went to art school because I had I helped her a lot. But yeah. so yeah, I did go to film school. Um, I call my I call myself a film school dropout, mm-hmm. only because um, I started out as a theater major, and I did that for about two and a half, three years, and then I figured out, oh shit, I don't like doing theater. Like I don't <laughs> I don't like doing this professionally. Like this was a fun thing to do from like ages like five to eighteen. I just realized I don't like theater people. I don't like the fact that I'm going to get paid like $50 and like have to pay for my own hotel when I go places to do this. I was just kind of like, it's not for me. Yeah. So I switched up to film school. But by the time I got there, I was just so out of drive and out of money (laughs) that (laughs) I ended up having to drop out. I'd love to go back back at some point yeah but it's just not in the cards right at the moment yeah bro i mean i didn't even finish my aa degree <laughs> i didn't even get that far i went in i did like two three years it's just it's so much money it saps you it is <laughs> it, it saps is, you dry when you get when you get to like that third fourth year and you know that mm-hmm. there's like possibly two to three more years because you switched your major so late oh yeah mm-hmm. it's just like what is the point yeah like they were like you could do two and get an english degree and i was like i guess yeah an <laughs> yeah. english degree <laughs> I, I guess we all know somebody who either was an english major or is an english major and then you're like oh man an english degree so i want to be a teacher <laughs> you know that yeah. like, seems to be where a lot of that goes it's like the philosophy thing if yeah. you get a philosophy like a degree in philosophy or major in philosophy yeah, what, are you, what are you gonna me. do you're gonna teach philosophy exactly. that's all you're gonna do yeah, <laughs> or you're gonna be a prophet me, somebody who studies music like <laughs> classical music i was like oh exactly you want to be an english major so you want to be a teacher and then turn around to myself like i want to be a teacher too don't i <laughs> oh like, fuck <laughs> yeah so so john now that Zach Zach has his his background in film and everything, so 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 I can see how he stems into this into this podcast. But how did you how did you get wrapped into the uh, for your information podcast? What is what's your story? So this kind of came about I, it was sometime before, and this is something we talked about a few times leading up to the actual decision to make a podcast. But we were both interested in podcasting. We were both interested in making a podcast. We just didn't really have a direction. At one point, I think we had done a pilot for a podcast that was formatted more like a howard stern style radio show it wasn't like exactly what you would think of as like a podcast like what we're doing right now um and we didn't end up pursuing it further zach did a couple other side things and um i didn't really do anything else in the vein of podcasting up until we started the podcast after that but um you know we we were just kind of talking about it one day and um 
kind of been inspired by some of the podcasts I've been listening to. I was like, hey, maybe we should do something like this. And then I, I don't remember if it was you or I that proposed the idea of doing film, but I think we kind of at some point realized like, you haven't seen this movie? How, how have I known you for so long and you haven't seen this movie? And here I am not having seen any movies be like, yeah, I guess it is kind of weird that I haven't seen that movie. And that's where we got our premise was that like Zach obviously knows a lot about movies. He went to school, he went to film school, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, a, it's a personal hobby and a professional thing for him. And then for me, it's like, well, somehow I managed to be best friends with you. And like, I did not pick up on like 95% of all of this film stuff that was going on, like in, in your life yeah. or like in your, in your circles or whatever. So that kind of gave us a platform, I guess, to move into the show. Um, the only thing that I really did bring to the podcast outside of just like being a fresh face to looking at a movie was making cocktails. Cause that was something oh, that yeah. I, I, I was pretty passionate about. Um, never worked professionally as a bartender, but uh, it's kind of a hobby of mine, you know? So uh, being passionate about it and kind of finding a little thing that we could interject, be like, oh, we do this, but we also have this this flavor. You know, we have this second thing to put into it. it gives us a little bit more content to work with. Um, it is really cool because you complement the every movie that you that you guys talk about. You complement it with a with a matching or pairing cocktail. Yeah, like it really kind of brings out either the 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 origin of where the movie is like located. Like with the Midsummer episode, you you did a really like not not necessarily citrusy, but like springtime or summertime feel to it. Um, because you brought out the apples, which is also really rooted in you said it was sweden right yeah the yeah sweden, the, the where, fruit where, of sweden the national sweden. fruit <laughs> yeah so so it, it's it's really cool because even even with the uh the the robot episode i think you made like a uh it was like almost like a chocolate milkshake kind of pot like wasn't it yeah that was one that zach sort of came up with yeah, yeah that was the it zach was one. me yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my sexy little secret that i can make cocktails too they're yeah, just yeah. <laughs> exactly what a 14 year old would make because hey you know bro <laughs> what I, I i i my go-to bro i love i me and my buddy will go out and get some like like briars briars coffee ice cream get like a little bit of chocolate syrup some um like chocolate covered espresso beans you put it in there you fill it up with some baileys and kalua <laughs> yeah. get yourself a nice little coffee cooler thing that's exactly that sounds amazing said yeah it's really good in the episode so, where zach did that we talked about like what you can do with the mudslide and you could just throw a bunch of crap in there man and like now you literally. have mudslide like that that's <laughs> awesome some peanut butter in it you know yeah <laughs> whatever you want i meant to mention this on that episode so i'll do it here the inspiration for that was to write a wrong that i had made in my early 20s so me and a uh, former roommate for saint patrick's day were like you know what we're gonna make alcoholic shamrock shakes and the shake part went really really well um we put baileys jameson and then also like just a shit ton of vodka for no reason and yeah. it was the most vile thing i've ever put in my <laughs> mouth but because we had spent so much money on the alcohol for it we were like oh god we have it. to drink yeah. this. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, a, a good twist on maybe the shamrock. You get some like, um, you get some like maybe chocolate, like cho like chocolate chip mint ice cream, right? Yes. And you get some like pep like like peppermint vodka because they got that spearing off peppermint peppermint vodka. You can put some of that in there. And maybe if you want to add the Jameson in for just a just a little splash of depth. See, Ooh. I think we would have probably thought that through had we not been drunk already yeah there you go that that's <laughs> that's that's how yeah. it all comes you know oh yeah exactly <laughs> it all comes full circle um 
So I understand you're an aircraft mechanic. Is that is that right? That's correct. Uh, aircraft mechanic by trade. Uh, earlier, I mentioned I went to school for music, and then I kind of did a bit of a 180 and found my way into the trades. And fucking Judas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Turn. Turn. You around. betrayed the arts. <laughs> Got a real job <laughs> fixing planes. No, but uh, th- that's actually yeah has been a really big part of my life. It's, um, you know, it- it's a job. Yeah, but I'm also kind of through it have become a bit of an aviation nerd. So like hanging out with people in the community. You know, you run across across a lot of really interesting stuff and a lot of really interesting like parts of the industry you know every now and again you get a chance to work with people from the military because like there's a lot of aviation in the military um like we have something coming up where we're gonna be talking to somebody that worked on a uh on, on the top gun movie so that's something that's really really cool like the one that's coming out this summer um yeah but Next it has been week, a bit of a, actually yeah it's been a big change of pace for me but I, i've liked it i've liked it a lot and it has given me a little bit of time and resources to do stuff like this uh you know had i been like a musician and I kept up just being a musician, you know, I may or may not have actually had the time and resources to put into podcasting. So it's kind of happy little accidents that you can 180 your life. And in doing the 180, you turn around and see so many other doors that can be opened, you know? So like that, that's been fun for me, you know, to, as far as the podcasting goes. And I, I mean, I like the planes too. They're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like planes, you know, who doesn't like something that makes you move through air. We can't do that. Yeah, I mean, right. We can jump, but we come back down to the earth. <laughs> I just want to say this is now a uh, pl- Disney's Planes um, stand podcast. Let's just talk about yeah, that. Disney. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. We can, we can also use this opportunity to talk about the um, the Disney Cars ride at California Adventures because I went to that recently. Yes. Oh, my. The animatronics are too real. Like, if, if you were anything less than Stone Cold Sober, you'd be like, no way no way there's no way <laughs> like, or have you ever been to the uh the um pandora section and the uh, uh animal kingdom section of disney have and, not been like have not been no bro, that, those things are scary yeah <laughs> those ones are really scary it's a lot they'll, like sit there they they, they they'll they're like they're like cheekbones can move their mouth their jaws can move their eyebrows their eyes themselves they're like hair moves too how they like it's the craziest thing and you're just on this ride and they like look at you and talk to you and it's ain't no way bro yeah. <laughs> like so, you said <laughs> so uh another thing about me is i'm a huge disney parks nerd so yeah. i find it so funny that they funneled all that money into making the, like the avatar land yet mm-hmm. they won't fix the fucking sasquatch at mount at uh expedition everest so have if you've you've read an expedition everest in animal kingdom right i think so yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the one that it's like it goes up and then it, it comes goes back up down. and then it goes back down yeah. okay so you know the yeti at the end of it right mm-hmm. so it's supposed to move and get in your face but they accidentally made it too heavy so if it moves it might actually break the floor but they have not they've done all this other maintenance on the ride itself and around it and on other rides but they have refused to fix the stupid yeti and it's very upsetting yeah that that's funny you know what's also funny is that on the guardians of the galaxy ride in california adventures they have one of those they have one of the yetis from expedition everest in the ride like it's like an extra it's like a it's like a uh like like an easter egg type situation you're going through the line because the line is like an exhibit you know it's like a like a deeply immersive like 
the set piece, you know, where you can see like all the stuff from the movies and stuff. It's like, oh wow, it's like real. It's like right here. And then over here, like on the side, it's like uh, the collector. You know, like it, it, that's what the theme is for the ride. So one of the things is one of the yetis from Expedition Everest, <laughs> like over here on the side. It's really my wife pointed that out. And I was like, of course you'd know exactly what that was by sight. <laughs> so <laughs> she's a huge Disney. Fan um, the, sorry, this reminded me of another thing. Um, are you both familiar with uh, Kevin Smith's movie Tusk? Uh, yeah. It sounds familiar. Okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, I know we said we weren't going to talk about movies, and I apologize. <laughs> but um, it, basically the premise of the movie is a podcaster goes to interview this guy, old guy at his house, and the guy ends up turning him into a human-walrus hybrid. <laughs> and um, Human-walrus hybrid. Yeah, so just look up, uh, if you're going to look it up, look up Mr. Tusk, and you'll see what this thing looks like. Mr. Tusk. Mr. Tusk. Jeez. Why do I hate that oh so much? Oh my god, I've seen, I've seen... You, it, this um, this is I've also an A24 movie. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, man. So, what made me think about this is you saying that the Yeti was there. So at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, which is the comic book store owned by Kevin Smith in Red Bank, New Jersey, they have the suit that Jason Lee got into for that thing, just hanging out in the middle of the fucking like floor <laughs> for just the children to be like offended. So was at. he like? Was he like, uh, like not a? Was he opposed in this movie to becoming oh, a walrus? Oh yes, absolutely. He was <laughs> oh, very so opposed. he was like it was like a human centipede kind of thing. Yeah, just, mad scientist abducts someone and is like, hey, I'm just gonna turn you into something awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this Dang. this was not um, voluntary. It's almost it was almost uh, misery esque. Oh wow. Okay. So with entertainment media, you guys mainly cover movies on your on your podcast. Do you guys ever have a moment to talk about like television? Yeah, a little bit. I think it comes up especially when we have actors that are really more prevalent in TV than they are in movies, or maybe they have like one really big TV role and then they become film actors after that. You know, we we have that happen mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, we have to obviously mention like anybody that was involved in like a major sitcom because why not oh, yeah. you know or if we talk about like a steve carell type character uh someone like that but i mean it's never something that we would like feature i don't think do you guys i mean do you have like special shows that like you would like to discuss if i were to discuss a show i would really like to do a show or, or like i've seen people do podcasts where they go through like each episode of a show I think the only show I could legitimately do that with would be Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. Because I, that's, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. And it's, it's the first three seasons just stay funny. Like I, like it, like bits and pieces of it probably are, would be considered problematic now, but mm -hmm. it's still just so funny. And like, I've never seen another comedy show where, if you didn't watch the last episode, you will have no idea what's going on in the next episode. Like there are dramas that aren't even like that. So the yeah. fact that they did it with a comedy show with a very complicated, convoluted plot is just amazing. And you can also thank that show for uh, Jason Bateman's like resurgence into Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah. um, other than that, like, I really love 
I think the last show that I was like completely and totally head over heels in love with was um, Breaking Bad, which I think every straight white guy who was like I just it, finally finished it like, like not six, too long ago. like sixteen to twenty one when that show came out was just like that's my favorite show this is my identity for at least two years yeah, now it's super um, yeah, i mean i, I got me the bald head it. you know i've never actually <laughs> seen any of it you never John! seen it bro uh, you know for a minute i never watched it either and a lot of people had the same reaction i i just finally got around to it because I, I i i think i just needed a break from one piece i was watching so much anime oh, and that God. show has a thousand episodes mm. i was like 600 episodes in i'm like i just need to take a break <laughs> so let me ask you about that like I've never gotten the anime thing. Like, there have been anime that, like, I was into, but I know that there's... Was people... it, like, growing up, or...? Yeah, like, when I was, uh, like, mm-hmm. probably, like, 10 to, like, 13, like, mm-hmm. I was, like, pretty interested in, like, Naruto, Bleach, like, the really popular ones at the time, and then I really liked Death Note. And what mm-hmm. I liked about Death Note was that it was, like, emo, it was creepy... But it was only, like, what, two seasons? Yeah, it's not very long. Like, I liked that. And so I think I transitioned into liking, like, anime movies more than I did series. Mm-hmm. So, like... And then sometimes I see some anime series that people are watching, and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why does why does this box of french fries have titties? I don't understand yeah. what's going on. Why? You know that's uh the the thing with anime right now is like it has become such a mainstream thing because it used to be so niche and like kind of like oh you watch anime like in high school and stuff like especially in the early 2000s um i mean i wasn't around then but like based off like like people growing up and even 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 in the the 2010s like growing like watching anime like was semi taboo you know i was that kid in like high school that like uh, if if i heard my friend said watch an anime i was like you loser like why are you watching anime right <laughs> and then i graduated and then i was like you know i'm gonna my, my buddy sat me down he's like okay we're gonna watch something right he said we're gonna watch some cow we're gonna watch cowboy bebop Ooh, that's and a good like, one do you, do you know what that do means like do you know that. what that means i'm like i don't i'm like i don't even know i'm like is it a cowboy and a robot and he's like no <laughs> like you'll you'll see and it, 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 the thing with anime is there's so much since there's no you don't have to spend a ton of money on cgi because it's all like drawn or like 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 either via computer or hand um it, it, it you don't have to worry about like real real people and, and and action or not not action but like actual cinematography everything's done like by by voice and then by just computer drawing or, or or pen and paper drawing or anything like that so there's a lot more stuff and forgiving things that you can do with anime that you just can't do with normal film right until like now today which like the avengers is or marvel's doing you know but it, it, that's so expensive and so much cgi and so much like what why even make it real real life if you can just make the entire movie cgi you know like it, 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 it's getting it's getting to this weird point i i think i think the appeal of anime is like a lot of the storylines and progression like you said especially in like if you're looking for something that happens like immediately after an episode and you have to watch that episode to know what's happening in the next and in, in like arrested development um that's every anime i've ever seen you yeah. can't just sit down and watch an episode in and you, you'll just 
huh? <laughs> like, like if you if you watch episode one, and then let's say you go over to your friend's house, and they're on episode seventeen, and this kid that was in episode one that couldn't even lift his arm up up, up off the ground, right, is now like like holding three swords in one hand and then a fireball in his teeth like you know like how how did he get here you don't know nothing makes sense so you so you got to watch this progression and it's a really it's a really like kind of set in stone like like this happened and this happened and this happened like in one piece for for reference i'm on episode 600 and 80 something 660 something right there are characters that are getting referenced from like 300 episode 300 330 jesus you would just have no idea if you if you didn't watch it they'll give you like flashbacks and stuff because you there were like you there were no reruns in japan like whenever you watch something like that so if you miss it you have to either record it or find something online to watch it or buy the buy the box set um but so, so they have like recaps and stuff but other than that even the recaps are confusing sometimes if you don't have context hmm. that's insane so it, it, yeah so it's like it, it's really it, it's a really interesting like story building one piece is a bit more like it, it, it's weird there's like categories to anime shonen's like directed towards like like high school like like adolescent school to high school men. yeah boys and then there's seinen which is like like the, the the equivalent for girls and then there's like it goes on i don't know all of them but um there's like some that are directed for towards like a more older group and then some directed towards like specifically kids and um there's also like comedy and action and the thing is, is since it's such a big like thing right now and it's been taking off like there are so many different genres that you can go into like evangelion there that that's sci-fi cowboy bebop is sci-fi you you got um you, <laughs> um you got like comey can't communicate which is like just a slice of life like high school kind of story you got your lie in april which covers like I- 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 intense depression and um like like medical issues with people and it can like help people out like figuring out how to cope with like people with cancer and things like that there's um wow. a, a lot of anime is like teaching you life lessons it's really weird how they like implement these like weird like kind of things in it but it, it's i think it's cool it, it, it's plus like some of the animation is like sick yeah. <laughs> like, like if you look, watch goblin slayer you can see this dude like there the, the world is basically ending in this plot line there's the demon king and he is like annihilating the earth basically he is like Fuck just yeah. wreaking havoc right this guy don't care he's out killing goblins <laughs> they're like asking him to help you they're like please you can kill this guy you can kill the demon king we need your help he's like no nah, i got i got goblins to kill bro <laughs> like goblins he's just kill. ignoring it like it's just like I, it's 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 cool it's it's neat it's there's a bunch of fantasy there's a bunch of everything there's just so much you can do with it that you just wouldn't be able to do with normal tv if you pitch it to a tv show director or, or a company or something they'd be like a guy that's killing goblin when the earth is dying like why is he doing that help the earth right <laughs> like it, that would never be made you know what's where does shit that uh the goblins like you never hear anybody saying oh i saw a fucking goblin like everyone's always like oh yeah. i saw a bigfoot or oh, i saw a ghost but you never see a thing where someone's like on the nightly news be like dude i swear to god he was this tall he was green he had like a burlap sack on he was carrying around a little broken fork and he was a fucking goblin man i saw a goblin and so we had a running joke in our house for a little while where i'd be like man stop I saw a goblin. That's a goblin. Yeah, that, that was the thing we were doing for a little while, which was really, really funny. But uh, it's funny you should mention goblins because uh, nobody gives the goblin enough love in pop culture, I think. 
Yeah. Look, listen, there's one true Goblin King, and that is true at Kathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Next time right. you go into Chick-fil-A and they have that motherfucker's picture on a wall, tell me he's not a goblin. Goblin True at Kathy did not die. He went back underground. He had been <laughs> in the sun too long. He has been baked. He needs oh to go God. back underground. But that's really cool about anime. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing I like to bring up to anime people is, uh, like, where does, like, Shinchan fit in your, like, watching? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think I'm never saying it right. What? It's like the little, it's like a really gross anime. It's like this little kid. I can't, I can't describe it. It's. I might not be familiar with it. Oh, fuck. Shinchan. Oh, okay, I see it. Okay. It used to. It was like on a like OG Adult Swim. That's the only reason okay. I remember it. <laughs> I've never seen this. Um, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's 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 uh there's definitely shows like this. Um, based off what I'm looking at, it's like a satirical kind of kind of weird art style. There's a show called Nietzsche Joe that I watch, which is um, it follows these like two. I think they're too high school or like, um, um, like what is, what is it? There's like, there's high school and then there's like, there's middle school in the South, but then there's like, there's like a middle high school thing that they have in other like, places. What is that called? Like a junior like high? A, junior, junior high, high or like you. preparatory it's like, school. I think too, like, I think it's like two junior high school students, right? These two girls and they're like in this class and they're going about their day. But, but about this show, it's like, if someone like, let's say like, someone pisses them off they'll just pull out a gun and shoot them in the head what <laughs> like <laughs> this sounds like, like uh, they, they like steal their lunch and they're just like give me that back and then they like they don't die but they come back up and they just give them their lunch you know like it, it, it's like an attack on like the like a children's imagination or something but it, it's just like there's just so much you can do i mean like you don't have a tv show where this kid just pulls out like a gatling gun <laughs> or an rpg and just shoots the classroom that's, that's <laughs> they're like, like uh, pissed off I, I, it's weird that's, so <laughs> this sounds like uh did you ever play River City Girls? No, <laughs> River City Girls. So, uh, okay, now I have to go even back further. Have you ever played uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game? I know, I know, I've never played the game, but I know Scott Pilgrim. Okay, so they made a eight bit, sixteen bit style game out of that movie slash book series, and it's it's probably the best licensed game I've ever played. Maybe besides like South Park Stick of Truth. South Park Stick of Truth was a good game. It was an amazing game. Anyway, so the people who made that Scott Pilgrim game then went on to make an original game, River City Girls, and it is like super Meat Boy level difficult. Yeah, it looks it's it reminds me of like the old Avengers game on the Sega Genesis. Yes. Or not yeah, yeah. It definitely so it's like big just, it's inspo. like a it's a street brawler. Yes. Sick. So with anime and how you said like there's a little bit of everything now and like you can find so many different genres like hypothetically speaking since you know you obviously know a lot about anime and like zach you probably know a little bit more mm -hmm. than i do because i don't nope. know if this is surprising to you at all i also don't know like anything about anime you know there's like fruits <laughs> basket and there's naruto and there's um uh boku no pico or whatever basket. the fuck like that's one i heard so really hold on hold on i know we don't, we don't mention that one i know why he's bringing up fruit basket so at the middle school we went to they had manga in the library, 
and mostly what they had was fruit baskets. <laughs> That's a strange one to bring up. That's like the one about the host club, isn't it? Yes. Like, <laughs> like, like... <laughs> so well, what, what I was getting at was like, if you had like a, you know, like a pick your pie, like build a pizza type scenario, you're going to make an anime. Mm -hmm. What does your ideal anime look like? Like what, what are those types of like settings or like, characters Ooh. or like whatever that you want to see in your ideal like when you go shopping for a new anime to watch what are you trying to get in that anime it's really dependent on what i'm in the mood for and what i have been watching also um, like I, I like i like a lot of like um i find the, the the genre i return to the most i really like slice of life <laughs> which is weird because a lot of people that don't watch anime or do watch anime and usually will only watch like shonen because that's like a good introduction because it's like epic fight scene like that's what that's what i'm watching for i want to see this guy rip his throat out and like yeah, <laughs> or yeah, yeah. something you know like do something crazy um go vegeta the thing is is like in slice of life like you're just seeing some dude like go to school or like go to college um and whenever they do something that's that's entertaining like so so they they can do this like mundane thing going to school and stuff but they like go to karaoke or something you're like oh my god this is gonna be insane <laughs> like because they're actually doing something with their life and i think it's like it, it adds this like weird little level of um like entertainment because there's lack of it that when there is a little bit of something it just makes it that much better okay. and it's it's a bit weird if you don't watch it or you don't understand it but um one of my one of one of the shows that i watched recently which is one of my favorites i might get some flack for it it's called my dress up darling it's pretty good um <laughs> it's, it's about this uh this this kid he get his, his i i think his dad died and he lives with his grandpa and he's like his grandpa makes those um I, don't, I forget the name of them, but they're these dolls that you give your kids whenever they're like five or six and they kind of choose their path. It's like a Japanese tradition thing. Oh, okay. Um, it's and, and he's like, he hand makes them. He make, hand makes these dolls out of wood and then he like sews the clothes together and like makes the hair, puts the hair in the dolls and everything. And since this kid has lived with his grandpa since he was like four years old, three years old, that's what he does. He like learned how to do that, right? Right. And um, ever since he was a kid, he always got bullied for like, Playing with dolls is what people would say, right? But he was just making them. That was, like, the family business. Well, come to high school, like, he, I think it's his first year in high school, and um, he doesn't want anybody to know, and he's trying to be quiet and everything, and um, their sewer, I think it was, like, a manual, uh, like, foot-operated, pedal-operated sewer. You have to pump it at the house. Mm -hmm. It broke. So he went to the uh, school sewing room, like, at the high school, to see if they had like an electric one so he can kind of get an idea one of his classmates walks in sees him sewing and he's like freaking out because he's like they're gonna like they're gonna know that i sew and this is lame and they're gonna bully me you know but she's like holy shit you know how to sew and he's like yeah and she's like help me please like she wanted to like be a cosplayer and she needed someone to help make costumes for her so like it's this weird interesting dynamic of this guy that like has always had this like looming like like I've never been accepted kind of thing over his head. And then now finally someone's like kind of accepting him as to who he is and stuff. And it's like, you can see this progression of like her growing up, not growing, but like getting bigger into a, uh, into a new, new, uh, what do you call it? Um, like cosplayer star kind of thing. She's getting followers on Instagram. And not only is that happening since he's sewing so much more with, um, 
like for costumes and things for like actual people his doll making is getting better because he's spending more time getting more de delicate to like um like I, I guess attention to detail with the costumes and everything and the references that she's been showing him and plus he's like being aware to more things that he's looking at so it, it's it's like a really interesting weird progression but then like i said i'll talk about a show like that and then i'll go back to like goblin slayer or attack on titan you know like, <laughs> yeah and attack on titans about these behemoths that wipe out cities and right now there's literally like a genocide happening in the last like season like it's it's weird i have the, seen you know, a little bit the, of attack on titan that one i'm a little familiar with i think most yeah. people are these days so so it, it's go ahead uh i was just gonna say um if you're interested in that kind of anime and like that kind of storytelling um there's actually a film movement from like the 2000s to now called a mm -hmm. uh, mumblecore 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 um the only one that is coming to my mind right now is a movie called um the end of the tour it stars jesse eisenberg and jason siegel and uh, jason siegel plays um infinite jest author uh david foster wallace and it's also coincidentally like one of the last times he interacted with the public it's like a press tour and literally the mm -hmm. whole movie is just them talking and going to like little things and like a character may show up. I love talking. Like, I, I don't know why, but I think talking is like one of my favorite parts about like entertainment. You the, may entertainment media, at least you may love Mumblecore then. And also you may really like uh, clerks. <laughs> uh, clerks. clerks. Okay. Yeah. Clerks it's, is literally all talking. It's dialogue. It's all dialogue. They I got mean, nothing else going. Like for uncut it. gems. Yes. Uncut gems too. That's a good one. That there's like that's that's the entire movie is him just like spouting, just going on a rant. It's, it's insane. It, that movie gave me so much anxiety. I thought I was gonna have to go back on medication. I, I was genuinely shocked at the dread and fear I was feeling the entire time. Almost it's to the insane. point where, like, the ending almost made me feel better, even though it's a horrible ending. <laughs> it was ending. just done. It's just, just done. It's, it's over. just over. But um, the reason I started talking about um, TV shows and, and, and other aspects of entertainment media that isn't necessarily film... um. I was talking about um I wanted to mention have you guys seen the show uh, Severance on Apple TV? I have no. I I would highly suggest if you if you were to take any of my recommendations that you've heard of the last 20 minutes about me talking about anime or anything else ignore all that and listen to this. Severance is a really good movie or really good show. It's a 9 episode about 45 minutes per episode give or take some are 30 I think some are like thir thir like 39 38 minutes and some are like an hour. Um, it is directed by Ben Stiller, um, believe it or not. A very good, very good show. Um, the concept is there is a there is a big tech company called Illumination or uh, something like that. Um, and the severance department is a is a department in this place, and you have to undergo a procedure to sever your memories from your outside world. So, so your life outside, you don't know your mother, you don't know your family, you don't know any memory, you don't know your name, you don't know your birthday, you don't know nothing, right? And it's the as long as you are inside that department. When you leave the department, it's the same thing, but you remember everything you knew then, beforehand, you just don't know 
anything of what's happening in that department. So essentially you're making like a slave of yourself for like eight hours of the day. Ooh, that's super interesting. So all of the characters are playing two different people at all times. It's really cool. And it starts Adam Scott uh, of Parks from, and Rec from, fame. Yes. And that mm-hmm. that's awesome. I'm definitely going to check really, that out. It's a really good show. A really, really easy watch, too, because you'll watch one episode and you'll sit down and you'll watch another. Me and my mom finished it in like three days. We watched three episodes a day. <laughs> nice. It was. It's a really good show. Yeah, I think somebody did mention this to me uh, not too long ago. Someone made the recommendation. Now that you're describing what it's about, yeah, because I didn't remember the title. But, yeah, that's super interesting. Like, you would have somebody that goes to work, and then they choose to not remember anything about work. Hopefully, like, in an effort to, like, make their work-life balance better because, like, they don't have to worry mm-hmm. about work all the time because they can't remember anything about work on purpose. And then when exactly. they get to work, they don't have to worry about this stuff at home because they literally cannot remember anything about it when they get to work. But that could clearly become like a problematic place where like you can't do anything about what's happening at work because you don't know what's happening at work on purpose. That It, it is a really, really interesting Exactly. Concept. So so like it, on the aspect of that is like even further, like if you're like, let's say you're a hardcore drug addict or something, right? You don't know that if you're in work. Like if you're at that place, you don't know what's going on with you. You That's don't know true. what's happening because <laughs> you just don't know what's happening outside. I'd a, love it's, that. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It's a really cool show. They don't know anything about themselves. They don't know it in 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 the the. It's this weird thriller, and there's this just always constant eerie feeling. And they may it's like very minimalist. So so like it makes you uncomfortable, but it wouldn't make them uncomfortable because they don't know any different. Right. So so it's like it's so the set design, the 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 plot points, the cinematography, all of it, the dialogue the 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 script everything all of it it's a it's a phenomenal show very very good show that's really interesting as a plot device because it's almost making you as the viewer the omniscient narrator because you're (laughs) you're the only one who understands what's going on yeah you know the story you know the full story but the characters don't that's so cool that's so dope yeah i'm I'm definitely watching this now yeah (laughs) Um, but, um, from now on, I think we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna touch away from that, that, that sanction of, uh, entertainment media, at least the, uh, the visual kind, and we're gonna go to the auditory kind, right? Ooh. Right? Ooh, ooh. You mentioned, you mentioned earlier, and I was talking to you before the podcast, John, you went to, you went to music school, correct? That's correct. I was a music major for two years two years you like you you like the you like the you like the the booms and the pals and the the guitars and the oh yeah and the all that good stuff yeah all the drums everything (laughs) like it all what's your what's your what's your do you have a genre of choice what instrument of choice what do you uh tell us about it you know that's funny because i kind of got funneled into doing a lot of different things over the years that i was like actively like a musician musician like that was my main thing you know i kind of picked that up in high school and like I started to learn the saxophone in middle school. Actually, me and Zach played saxophone together through middle school. So, uh, fun mm-hmm. fact: you for all played you, saxophone. I pretended to know what I was doing for at least four years. <laughs> if you say so. Um, in high school, I kept playing, and uh, the high school band director asked me to learn to play the bassoon. And so that's where things kind of took off for me musically. And that's where I kind of decided that music was something I was interested in professionally. So like at age 14, I already kind of had an idea that I wanted to go to school for music and that I wanted to have a career in music, whatever that, whatever shape that took place of. And uh, in doing that, I ended up getting into like uh, playing bass, playing guitar, 
uh, messing around with percussion and like uh, recording and arranging and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, that was basically all I did in high school was like, you know, obviously my classes and everything else was like music directed, you know, so like do the marching band. I was in like jazz band, you know, it, Zach was in the theater department, you know, we do musicals and stuff. We actually had a live pit orchestra for our musicals. And so oh, that's sick. I would play that's in those really cool. too. Uh, got uh, kind of to touch on everything that I was, was in front of me. Um, and then when I went to college, I stuck with the bassoon. So I played all the other instruments on the side, you know, either I was like in a band doing something over here, like traveling to do a gig over here, playing saxophone or whatever, but I played the bassoon for classical. And that was my main thing for, uh, for two years there. And, um, I, I played a little bit of everything over the years. Um, I think classical is really special, you know, like, I think that's really great, but, uh, I, I'm fully willing to acknowledge that it is a, uh, it is kind of a dying art and that i don't think oh, that i love classical everyone loves classical but nobody goes to see it you know what i'm saying I'll, I'll challenge you i'll challenge you though i don't think it's a dying i think i think live performance classical music is going to die i think the live performance aspect of of like going to there's not going to be like another john philip Sousa. there's not going to be another bach there's not going to be another like a chopin there you know chopin's more piano but but um but the the thing is is i mean i guess we have computers but you're always gonna have the need for like michael salvatore from like the halo halo 3 soundtrack like production you're gonna always need a hans zimmer <laughs> for, for, for for film it's like film score is gonna that's what classical is gonna turn into is just it's like film scores and 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 the big big string and orchestral kind of style like styles of music that's where it's gonna shine through i think at least now with all with all the movies and everything coming in but at the same time, like, I think the same conversation was kind of being had about jazz, like about five, ten years ago, jazz was kind of dying out. But yeah. now there's so many different styles of jazz. There's like j the jazz fusion, there's Japanese jazz fusion, there's, um, um, I, I don't know, rock inspired jazz fusion. You know, there's still Latin, La the Latin scene's huge You're right totally now, right too. about all that. Uh, absolutely. And for someone like me who is uh, really most interested in like a live orchestra type music, um, I think it becomes a logistical issue at a certain point where yeah with the advancements of technology you can do a lot with just computers but you're right there's always going to be movie orchestras there's always going to be orchestras that specialize in uh like video game music or you know whatever it is that they have to have but uh the mm -hmm. fact of the matter is if you have an ensemble of 80 plus seats each oh, yeah. one of those people has probably at least a master's degree in studying oh, yeah. music for well, sure <laughs> uh, yeah and how many people are actually spending money on, and you have you have one of these things in every major american city uh overseas it's kind of a similar situation that's a lot of people and like the uh, even right now it's kind of impossible like for a performer to find an actual like sitting gig that they can make a living on and so that's why the gig economy is so big in music it really always has been oh yeah but um more so now than ever because the internet allows people to connect with gigs so it becomes a viable form of employment i think but um it, it's hard on musicians you know like when i was in school oh, yeah. um my professor who's teaching me he had a master's degree in, uh, in performance, uh, he also had a background in engineering. He, he got a, a dual bachelor's in mechanical engineering and music performance, went on to get his master's in music performance. He searched for years to land one gig that could support him. You know, it was just him and his wife, you know, they didn't have kids or anything. Uh, and that was, it was kind of hard to watch him go on that journey because he tried so many times to get like the job that he wanted and how many times he had to be said no to, to find one. and. I listened yeah. to that guy play, and I was like, there's no way, man. This guy's so much better than me. I'm glad he got what he wanted. He finally got there, and he really got the gig that he was looking for all those years. But, man, it was hard to think that that was him. And he's so much better at it than I am, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I kind of pivoted away from it at a certain point. And I think in the years since, uh, I, 
that was 2015 spring 2015 was my last semester uh studying music and since then i've taken a step back from it and i've really allowed myself to just enjoy music again and not really have to worry about it professionally or having to worry about like am i spending enough time practicing this am i doing this right am i doing this other thing that nobody else there's there's so much that goes into trying to do that as a profession but there's so much to enjoy about it when you don't look at it that way and so to answer your question as far as like genres that i like um i like folk you know like i play guitar and like that's kind of stuck with me a lot easier because it's easier to do by yourself and uh, i really love that i think jazz is great too i've always loved jazz and i still listen to jazz um even getting out into like rock music and stuff i like classic rock i like blues a lot you know like i think uh little wing by Jimi hendrix is just like that mm-hmm. is so nice he's it's, it's so good you know like there's, there's like little yeah. gems like that all over the place that i really like but um i'm willing to sing my toes into just about anything and i don't mean that in like you know you see the memes where it's like oh i listen to all genres and then it's like what about free jazz or like, you know, something yeah. like that i will listen to that you know i i truly will listen to just about everything um but to answer your question i think uh i think the thing that's piqued my interest most in the past year or so is like folk folk rock acoustic rock type stuff which seems kind of vanilla but a lot of storytelling can be done there you know i kind of was on a big bob oh, dylan sure. binge last year and um, kind of digging into the the deep tracks with you know Bob Dylan, be like, wow, this is like, this is, there's like a lot to that, you know. And it, it, I mean, he's like, what? He's a, a is he a, is he a Nobel laureate or a Pulitzer Prize yeah. winner or both? I, I I don't know. I mean, the man's a, he's a writer that uses music as his medium, and I think that's great. And that was not a concept for me when I was playing classical. That was not a thing on my yeah. horizon, really. You know, and like yeah, I knew about it. I knew people did it, but it wasn't like something that was realistic. But when you really spend some time with it, you're like oh yeah i get the appeal i see it like it's real it's it's in front of me you know you have a relationship with it in a sense and i had to step back from it professionally to get to that point yeah bro you know you bring up a good point that like like with with folk especially like with bob dylan it tells a story there's a lot of story that can come from it like coming from like a pretentious prog nerd that i am that i am like you know like i, I listen to like like it has to be the cleanest thing it has to be the cleanest riff it has to have it needs to be at least 15 16 one at least at least one measure you know it's something that crazy has to go on but like i'll find myself listening to like johnny cash like there's no complexities there it's just this man with the guitar singing yeah. <laughs> like you know it's you'll you'll go around and like don't get me wrong i love the i love the flair and i love the musicianship that it comes from like from like being really skilled at an instrument or being really skilled like a like at least like songwriter not necessarily lyric writer but 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 like um composer um i've always had like an eye and like soft spot for that but like it it, it really is nice to just kind of sit back sometimes and listen to like just that that tr- tried and true just something something to get you going something that really has a story something that means something yeah i would uh, actually recommend since you've mentioned that you're into prog i know we kind of talked about it a little bit off air uh I, i'm really into that too i think that's super rad but uh you find some that can do both you know you find some people who are like uh really great arrangers or maybe they also play the other instruments and they're kind of like a one-man band in a recording studio type situation mm-hmm. but they manage to not like undersell the artistry of what they're doing at their core so like uh, someone that I discovered a few months ago uh, was Nick Drake. So Nick Drake was the singer-songwriter from the 60s and early 70s. Uh, he's no longer alive, but some of his music is like so interesting. Like for the time where you had like The Who, or you had like Led Zeppelin, or like all these other like crazy awesome rock bands, um, this guy kind of shines through in being really unique with what he was doing and like his arrangements. Like it's kind of like a I, I, it's almost, there's like a certain kind of somberness, you know, even uh, it, it's hard, it's hard to describe, but it, it really connects with me, I guess. And 
he does more than just sing and play the guitar. He puts other stuff in there. He, make, he makes an atmosphere, but it's very organic. And I think if you like that type of thing, I, w- I would definitely recommend listening to him. Um, the oh, album absolutely. Pink Moon, I think, is the one people know best. But um, it's super, super interesting, and it's it's really, really great. All right, all right. I, I'll, I'll raise you one, too. Um, you said you like folk. Yeah. And as, as you can tell, you like Prague as well. Um, the bet genre at this point is like subjective i feel like there's so many genres and there's so many yes. like mishmashes um there, there's a band called little tybee the best way i can describe it is post progressive folk rock hmm. or, or post folk progressive rock maybe um or post rock progressive folk i don't know something along those lines um there was this band uh, from Mexico that I used to listen to called Maga de Os. Yeah. And they were very much like that. Maga? How do you spell that? Maga. I, I could not tell you. I don't remember. <laughs> all, yeah. I, all I remember. Oh, I found, I found it. Mago. Mago de Os. So M-A-G-O-D-E-O-Z. It's yeah. the pirate school. Pirate? Yes. Yeah. I found them. Spanish Spanish folk metal outfit with a strong Celtic straight streak. Bro, I like Celtic music too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Celtic music. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, but but little Tybee, bro, if you if you give them a listen, I think you won't disappoint, especially since you said you like uh Thank You Scientist earlier on when we were talking. Yeah. Another Fuck one of my yes. Thank very, you, very, so very, good. very, very similar. They're so very similar, good. but it's soft. Little Tybee's so soft. It, it, it is like very uh it's not fast but it's still complex and it's still quiet and he still has this like like sweetness to his voice but it, it still has something i don't know it that that song i've seen i saw him live uh when i went to go see chon and um i didn't listen to them at all that was like one of the few bands on that tour that i didn't know anything about and i wanted to go in blind and i swear that were the best band there <laughs> like better than the headliner and i thought that. it was sick. yeah I, it was so cool and um just the atmosphere the way they were all moving together on stage they really felt the music they were there i mean it, it, it's it's really cool but um to stray away from the the music side of auditory entertainment we're both podcast hosts here you know we're all we're all podcast hosts here right. the three of us you know right so so do you guys listen to any podcasts other than your own or it, it, even if you listen to your own you might not some people don't like hearing their voice <laughs> but is there are there any podcasts that you've listened to or have you always listened to them or have you never really listened to them anything oh, i'll pass this one off to zach first for sure um so i've been listening to podcasts since i was probably in middle school um yeah, me too bro okay I, let's go <laughs> so th- this is probably embarrassing and is going to date me so hard but uh the first podcast i got super duper into was uh the muggle cast from um, muggle.net which was a <laughs> harry potter fan yeah. site and i <laughs> They would just t- they would take things chapter by chapter sometimes, or they would just talk about like Harry Potter in general. They would make like Harry Potter recipes, and I was fucking stuck on this podcast. And th- mind you, this was when you had to physically download the podcast onto your computer and put it onto your iPod. This was shit that no one would yeah, do ever. I remember yeah. this? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? 
not being able to hook up your phone to your car in some way, downloading a podcast, putting it onto a CD, and then putting it in your car, this is the shit we're talking about. (laughs) It is... When I think about that, I'm like, I cannot believe that I live in such two different times. But that was the first one I got really hooked on. And then, like, there's been other ones that have gone in and out. Um, I mentioned I really like Disney Parks earlier. Um, There's a great uh, podcaster slash mainly YouTuber, uh, Defunct Land, who talks about, like, defunct theme park rides mostly disney and universal but he also talks about other ones um there was another one uh called crying on main street formerly crying on crying at disney and uh, they yeah. they took like disney as a um it was like disney but goth like they like they were they're both goth so they like talking about disney from a goth perspective and i really liked that growing up in the like kind of like alternative punk diy like yeah. kid scene so i was like Be oh i really relate heard. to this yeah <laughs> and um i think the podcast i've loved the most in my life is probably last podcast on the left yes um love last podcast on the left i it's it's um it is something to behold and um it makes me sad sometimes that my show is not that because <laughs> they they're just so good at what they do. If if you haven't heard of them, they're a uh, true crime podcast with a comedy spin. So yeah. mainly what they'll do is they do very thorough in-depth research about serial killers or paranormal phenomena and then they'll like just talk shit about the serial killer. Like, they'll just make fun of him for, like, literally, like, a three-part series that ends up being, like, nine hours long. And they're yeah. just shitting on this guy the whole time. Yeah, it and is it's easily... it's fucking side. brilliant. Yeah, it's easily my favorite, like, driving podcast. Like, if I'm going on a trip, I'm downloading five or six episodes of the last podcast on the left to listen to because it's just so entertaining and it's so good. Like, you could listen to it for a whole day straight and not get tired of it. Like, it, they really do have a, a good thing going on there. That's... I'm going to go ahead and like spoil my spot in this and just say that is also like probably my favorite podcast. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's so good. Like it, it, it's so well put together and they, they have a, they have a rapport that just plays really well and they do all kinds of other stuff. Like they released a book. I don't have the book, but uh last book on the I left, have I think the book. You have the book? Oh, of course you have the book. Did you get a it's signed, signed copy? Oh, yes. I wanted the signed copy of the book and I never <laughs> got it. Give me your Black Star amp and you can have it. That's a ooh, that, that might be a trade right there. <laughs> yeah, F- fuck you, dude. Get up here <laughs> when you come up for my wedding. Just bring the amp with you. You can have the fucking book. Oh man. Well, <laughs> I, I guess uh, for me, uh, obviously, last podcast on the left is super big one. Uh, they have another podcast that I really like called uh, No Dogs in Space. It's no Zach's dogs. Really big into that one. No dogs, so good. It's the same podcast network. They they have a whole network there, but that one is uh, music. So they do like the history of a band or like a musician, and they'll do a whole okay. like docu series podcast on it. It's a little less comedy driven than last podcast on the left is, but um, it, it is super informative. It's the same host, well, same host. One of the three of the trio that does last podcast on the left does it with his wife, and it's it's great. Like it, it's it's super good. Uh, some of the other ones I've listened to, uh, going all the way back, it's funny, Zach, that you should mention that MuggleCast thing, because um, one of the first podcasts I ever did was a what they called a video podcast, I guess. That was the thing you could do back in the day, called Sea of Idiots. It's super hard to find out, because it's really dumb. 
but it's like a slice of life show that like you're talking about slice of life anime this is kind of like a yeah. slice of life like animated show it, it's not an anime don't gratify it by calling it that i'll have to send you the link to it yeah. it's really hard to find but i it, it does exist on youtube um and i would do that thing that zach was talking about where you download it you put it on your ipod you know manually or whatever and then you have it on there and it's like the ipod nano two or three was like the first one you could get like video on that's the one that i had yeah. and i was like oh i can watch videos on the ipod i got this video cast on the ipod that's so cool because it was 2007 or 2006 or whatever and that's what she did and um john yeah do you do you remember when i got the ipod classic yes and we were like fuck <laughs> yes we're gonna watch movies on this <laughs> standard Meanwhile, definition david. two inch screen brick iPod. david <laughs> david remember, lynch cries I, I wasn't old enough at the time to get my own i i'm i'm, I'm a baby i'm <laughs> i was born in 98 so i'm 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 a bit young but um whenever my sister got her ipod i think i was like in elementary school maybe just getting into middle school like i was i was pretty young and we would go on road trips and i remember watching like all american rejects yeah. like music videos <laughs> on her ipod in the back of the car <laughs> while we're like going places Man, i had um, the uh, metallica one music video <laughs> that i had on my ipod yeah. <laughs> yeah. or the okay go with the one with them on the escalator yeah. not the escalators yeah, the, but the, the treadmills yeah. yes <laughs> god what a legendary music I had, um, that actually won the, the award for a long time for like uh the the cheapest music video production costs <laughs> that's funny that's funny oh. I, I believe that. that yeah that's actually super on brand zach that you have across the universe i finally watched that years later it's a great movie <laughs> it, it's it is an okay movie i wish they would have done better evidently they're doing a sequel why a i se- don't know a sequel not a remake a sequel all right, a sure. Sequel. <laughs> Some of the a other continuation of, of across two. the universe. What does it go into like the seventies where things get like really dark? <laughs> is is that what it is? Like you know, I they, guess they so. realize that you can't just have lead and gasoline anymore. That's like a thing you can't do. <laughs> I, I, I you mean, what, I can't. <laughs> you, I can't pay for a sandwich with a song. What the fuck is this, man? Right? Uh, you should move out here. You, you'd love it here in California. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to move to Portland. I can be a scarecrow. That's a job you can have out there. I, I love that. I love Portland. Portland's fun. Um, yeah, so with the podcast, like that was the first podcast. And then later on, um, got access to XM Satellite Radio, now like Sirius XM. Ooh, and one of the yeah. shows on there was uh, the Jason Ellis Show. So the Jason Ellis yes. show kind of plays similarly to a uh, like a Howard Stern radio show type thing. But because it's satellite radio, there aren't really any restrictions on the content they could do. So it was really interesting to see like a like a truly unadulterated, uncut show like that. And um, it played a little bit like a podcast for a while there. And I was really interested in that. So when I no longer had access to Sirius X and radio, they actually did a spinoff podcast, or at least what the co-host did. His name's Michael Tully called, uh, I, I want to say it's called The Tully Show. You can probably still find it. I think he's still doing episodes. I think, I, I think I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Michael, he's super funny. He's like, he does stand-up comedy and stuff, but he's also obviously like a radio host and a podcaster. He does all that fun stuff. Um, I think they're in a band called Hate Bean which is pretty funny if you ever get the chance to listen to that. But um, yeah, it, it was funny to watch him do that. And I think he uh, he co-hosted with like Mark McGrath, the singer from Sugar Ray, if you remember that band. So no, uh, I... he's, oh, he's on there all the time. It's, it's super funny. Um, but yeah, they do the... Uh, the they're big in the 90s. But uh, listening to that and um, I want to say there's one other big podcast that I'm missing here. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, last podcast on the left, Tully Show um are, are probably the some of the two bigger podcasts that kind of influence 
I think my part in podcasting and like what I like about podcasting. Yeah. See, whenever my, my, uh, I think I was, I was, I think in sixth grade or seventh grade and I got my first iPod touch. That was when the first iPod touch came out with the uh, camera on the back. I think it was the first one with the camera on the back. It was like, uh, I, I remember, and that was like when they first started implementing the fact that like you could download it from like the i the app like the podcast app mm-hmm. on the on the iPod, right? That was like it was like one the the first or second generation of that, and um, I remember getting it, and I I got it because like I like I said I would always kind of like steal my sisters when we would go on road trips and i would listen to it or i'd like borrow one of her earbuds and she got tired of it yeah so they're like please, she's like please get him one so he doesn't listen to mine all the time Share right? earbuds. so so i finally got one and um my grandfather listens to gospel uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know we'll go on road trips that are like 10 hours long <laughs> And I can only take so much gospel, and I'm, I'm sure as you, uh, as you, a music major yourself or music nerd, like I don't like listening to music if there's other music playing, man. I don't want to hear two tempos, two different key signatures happening at once. I don't want to hear it, yeah, you no, know. So I, I had, to, I had to, I had to drown it out with something, and uh, I started listening to podcasts like on road trips, going up there and go, coming on back. And I, at this point, like, I was. Like I said, I was a, like I'm a kid, so like I, I watched like a lot of Minecraft videos and played a lot of Minecraft in middle school. So I started listening to like the Yog Pod, the Yogs Cast. Uh, I don't know if you guys yeah, Yogs Cast. I remember that. But um, but I, I I listened to the Yog Pod. They had a they had a podcast, and I listened to that like religiously. I think I've listened to that thing three times through and through, and they're still going today. Not as Yog Pod, but um, as a Triforce, and it has Lewis and and Sips from the original Yogs Cast, and someone that they added. Not recently, but not not an older member. His name's uh his name's Pierian Flax. And I swear, some of these podcasts are so boring. But um, it's like two. Pierian is a dad, and Sips is a dad, and Lewis is not, but he's thirty five years old. So so it's like two dads and this like this guy just just sitting there and in a, in a, talking about their kids or talking about how they don't understand the 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 today's youth or like how old they are or anything it's the funniest thing is because they're like like yeah my son like went in there and the baby like threw up all over the floor and my dad my son came in there and he's like dad can you like can you read me a book? And he's like, son, not right now, man. Like, can you, can you see that I'm like dealing with something? Like, it's just like mundane, like just ordinary stuff. Like them going to the store and just seeing some like ridiculous thing happen. Like it, I, 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 I love that just like relatable kind of sense. Cause there's like really not much they do. They literally get in there and they talk about their week for like an hour. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I've been listening to that literally since i got my ipod i finished every episode um another one is cox and crendor it's this guy named jesse cox he used to do like uh he still does he does like some video game playthroughs and some like he has a series called jesse sells out where he gets like um like sponsorships to make like videos and stuff like that um on on youtube at least but um he made a a podcast with his friend while crendor which does like world of warcraft content and um it's called Cox and Crendor in the morning and it has this like it's like this weird little jingle it's like an alarm cock buzzing and it's like it's he and he starts out the show and they talk about like they 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 talk about what happened for during the week for like the first 20 minutes and then they go into like a weather section Mm. and they go on like weather.com and type in like some random coordinates or something 
and read the weather for the for that state or for that that city or wherever it could be like ireland it could be in the middle of like i don't know iceland it could be anywhere like where they read this thing so they read that and then they they'd make up a traffic section then they'd talk about sports because crindor is like a sports nerd so he'll like um talk about like baseball or football or basketball or or anything that's happening that season and then they'll just go on and read like usually a florida man story uh florida (laughs) man story (laughs) yes that's a good one yeah Yeah. so so what's it like having to live with the ubiquitous florida man is is it oh um i am the florida man oh i see so. you are yeah, <laughs> so he, it's, yeah. it's like uh i yeah. again haven't seen the movie it's like v for vendetta where everybody puts on the guy fox mask or whatever and like all of a sudden yeah. oh we are all this it's like florida man it's like they start picking on we florida, florida man florida you're like man. we're all florida man <laughs> we all embody him in some sort of way but it's 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 just one of those things it's always kind of sat in a special spot in my heart i like like I, and i think that's like why i like maybe slice of life or anything like that for anime i just like people talking and i like relatability i think that's what it is it's just relatability i've done that oh i've been in that position oh i know how that is you know like it's just that's the that's for the sure kind of thing that i that yeah. i look into but I see what you, mean. you know um we're coming into the 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 this section the the part of my podcast where you you both seem to like music at least some sort you know so so i would like to ask you both for some recommendations for for me myself and and the viewers at home okay yeah well i i think i might have touched on this a little bit when we were talking about kind of my background in music and like how i kind of started doing it for pleasure a little bit more instead of like for i'm not going to say sport because that's not really appropriate for a you know a, a profession or a perspective profession um kind of came into uh getting back into like folk or more like you know straightforward types of music so i think uh nick drake uh the pink moon album is something that i would recommend just about anybody listen to um okay it's uh it's really pretty music it's really pretty music and it's pretty it's pretty uh interesting lyrically as well so i can't recommend that enough um as far as other things go to listen to um you ever listen to wet leg no, like a new <laughs> alt band. I, I want think to. They had their debut at uh, I want to say it was Coachella like a couple of months ago, and they're pretty interesting. They're like a they're like a new British alt band that they, they they're just kind of quirky, like off the wall type stuff. They'd be really it's they have like fun music videos and stuff. It's like they're like painfully British. Like it, it it's a it's a good time. Uh, so I would also recommend looking at Wet Leg if you do have the time and are interested in something a little different. I think. All right, wet leg, W E T L E G. Yeah. All right. Yes. All right. Like I said, painfully British. Tons of fun. So I um, love I love me some British. (laughs) I love British music sometimes. True. Go go. What what you got for us, Zach? What you got in store? So my music taste is kind of like always changing, but it usually pretty much sticks in the punk DIY like spectrum and especially right now uh with my chemical romance coming back i've been digging back through my childhood a little bit um i pretty much been listening to the new my chemical romance single like non-stop even though like i'm trying to tell myself not to do that because i'll get sick of it before the album comes out um uh bands that i've been in love with for like pretty much my entire like adult life would be my chemical romance uh the wonder years uh, the front bottoms. Uh, there's just so many. I've been in love with so many. Uh, sorority noise. Uh, Joyce Manor. Things like that. So like very like 
a lot of those are on labels now but i've been following them since before that so like yeah i'm just very into like any kind of diy sound like if it sounds like garbage i'm like ah someone uh, yeah. someone had to believe in this to do this it's the diamond in the rough bro. it's the <laughs> diamond in the rough um speaking of things like that like i've been trying to dig through things that i previously found difficult to listen to so uh <laughs> i've been trying to get into zappa and captain beefheart lately mm -hmm. um like uh, they finally put uh trout mask replica by captain beefheart and his magic band on spotify and um <laughs> i'm i'm going to guess that neither of you two have heard of this <laughs> No, so I'm gonna be no. honest. No, Trout Mask Replica is the most interesting, unlistenable piece of garbage you will ever listen to. It's um, there's a lot of polyrhythms going on on top of other polyrhythms. Um, it's all it all sounds like it's made up, jumbled mess, but it is insanely rehearsed. Like I, wanna, I, 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 what is the what? Name one more time for me, please. The name of the album is Trout Mask Replica, and the artist is Captain Beefheart and his Magic Band. Kinda and okay. even the that album reminds art me of is like just grotesque. Like the entire album is disgusting. It's from the seventies. It's produced by Frank Zappa. None of it, like rhythmically, it all makes sense, right? Like rhythmically. Yeah. I understand what you're doing, but none of it goes together, but yet it somehow <laughs> goes together and it is uncomfortable. It, it, <laughs> like you, it's like one of those like skin crawl type things. It's like, this is odd and it's getting into my soul and I don't like that. <laughs> kind of sounds like you're describing melt banana a little bit. A little bit. It's, it's kind of like that. The name reminded me a lot of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They oh, are man. fucking awesome. King Gizzard is so yeah. good. <laughs> they really are. No, we're, we're big fans. Yeah, no, we love, we love that. I um, um I, I really want to get their, uh, I can't remember what album it is, but they put a Zoetrope on the vinyl record, and I want it <laughs> so bad. Um, Bro, honestly, solid choices. Thank you. You guys actually gave me some like decent recommendations. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna throw, uh, throw Soapy under the bus. But last time he was on, he gave me Hotel California, look, <laughs> but the live version. Soapy loves Don't. dad rock. Uh, Soapy, uh, Zach, do you know what he means when he says Soapy? I know what he means when he says Soapy, and I'm going to tell you right now that Soapy is an unabashed Imagitrackens fan. And I think you should bother him about it. <laughs> For those of you that know. don't know, Soapy is my brother. Like, my biological brother. So... <laughs> yeah. I, I meant to mention that earlier, but I just never found a way to push it in. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that dude that talks about 40k. <laughs> yeah, oh man, we used to do 40k together. Yeah, no, he... Um, He's always loved the Eagles. Like, that's just a band he's always loved. He, he has dad rock taste. That. And, I mean, as a man who has a Led Zeppelin tattoo, I can't really talk shit about Chris. I mean, I love it. Don't rock. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Hotel California. Can I'll I, listen to it. I'll sing along. Can I tell a quick story about his uh, Led Zeppelin tattoo? Because oh, I actually technically owe him an apology. <laughs> so, our friend group going up... Um, we all loved Led Zeppelin in middle school, as most people do. And uh, we were all like, we should get the four symbols of Led Zeppelin tattooed on us. 
And I think the three of us all forgot about it, except John. Yeah. And Sean went and got the tattoo, and we just, none of us ever went and got the tattoos. So now you know what you gotta do. Yeah. That's the party idea. That's what it is. You gotta go get your other tattoo. You gotta get your Led Zeppelin tattoo. What's worse is that Nathan, one of the other guys that was in this little group there, uh, he was there with me getting the tattoo. No, that was me. I was there. You you were also, uh, I could have swore that Nathan was the one that instigated that. No, like, You're getting a it tattoo was me. Today. What? There's no, ah, oh my god. I'm getting old. I must be, like, losing <laughs> memories now. There's no way that I could forget that. Oh, man. G- good time, though. Good time. <laughs> good times. Good time. Led Zeppelin. I recommend Led Zeppelin. <laughs> no, I want to go, go out on a limb and recommend Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin. to everyone. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very niche band. Not very people. Yeah. <laughs> not very many people know it. What you got to do is get into um, the deep tracks. You got to, like, listen to the Lemon song. <laughs> uh, you got to listen to uh, the Rain song. You got to listen to Black Mountainside. Uh, White Fool Summer. in the Rain. Uh, Fool in the Rain. <laughs> I don't know if that's the, a deep the track. least a radio <laughs> It's just the least Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin track. I don't know. It's it's flowery enough. It's what they were going for. Did you read the biography, Hammer of the Gods? I did. <laughs> Fuck no. I, I, I was I was too busy reading, um, what, what is it called? Uh, it is a book about um, the black metal, Norwegian black metal scene. Um, we were talking about this. <laughs> Me and Tim were talking about you? black metal. Um... I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I think it's Lords of Chaos, but that must be it. Yeah, no, that's definitely. A book it about is that, yeah. a fascinating book. It is fascinating how that all happened, and <laughs> I'm scared of white people. <laughs> that's that. That is that is what that is what that comes yeah. down to. <laughs> I'm terrified too. Don't worry. Terrified. <laughs> Utterly terrified. Oh man, Zach, I'm just kidding. That... Of course, no, <laughs> Zach. It's funny to listen to you like retrospect on the pop punk thing. I didn't really bring it up too much, but I, I also really love pop punk. We still have a running joke about the uh, neck deep Zoltar speaks album, where every time I see one of those little, like little fortune teller guys, that it says Zoltar speaks on the top and bottom. Yeah, I have to send Zach a picture with some like like bass boosted inspired lyrics from the neck deep album. <laughs> It's phenomenal. We have a good time. Right. I think the last time I saw one, I was in um, Santa Ana. And there was one. And, I just and the last time I the saw time. one, the last time I saw one was in Wildwood, New Jersey. Mm. What were you doing over there, I wonder? <laughs> oh, um, well, I was definitely um, going on a well-deserved vacation. But they also had an Ocean Avenue. Oh, which made right. me very happy. Yellow card. Ah, oh, so good. So thanks for taking us down memory lane, Tim, because uh, You're welcome. clearly we, we this is, this is what I'm here for. This. this is what I'm here for. I still can't believe my high school like senior quote is a yellow card lyric. Oh, bro. My my high school senior quote was nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. So I feel I like love that. that's better than mine. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wanted I wanted to say uh, uh, <laughs> a naked woman and lying in a pond distributing swords is no viable basis for a system of government. I wanted that. But my mom works for the school and she's like, I don't think you can say that. Oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I said so mine was uh, life is like a box of chocolates. People are always trying to tear you open and eat your insides. And they let me put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god my mom was like yeah it's talking about like naked girls and swords <laughs> i'm like 
And uh, I'm like, I'm have like, you not Monty seen Python quote? Please. Have you not seen Heavy Metal Bomb? <laughs> Why? Well, he mentioned it too. Now yeah. <laughs> we talked about Heavy Metal Fact Two earlier. I'll, I'll show Bro, you here in a minute. But I have a are... Heavy Metal Fact Two sword <laughs> over there in the corner. Me and John are almost the same person. We are the same person, different aesthetics. That is that is really oh what God. it is. Jeez. Oh, um, my God. Different uh, astrological signs, maybe? What, do you, what is your astrological signs, Zach? I'm a Virgo, I think. Oh, I'm also Virgo. We're actually not different. Okay. Sure. Yeah, you're, you're, a bi- you're like, barely a Virgo. It's the same as my fiancé is barely a Leo, but I don't, I don't know what any of that means. I'm a Libra. God knows what that means. I'm a Libra. It's fun. I guess. Yeah. It's a way for um, them to that, sell you when, creative coffee mugs. Whenever someone says I'm a Libra, I can't not think of um, drag queen Adore Delano. Uh, she says that on one of the seasons on RuPaul's Drag Race, she just goes, "I'm a fucking Libra," mm. <laughs> and it's just like that's all I can hear anytime someone says that. Now that's something I want on a creative coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, boys. All right, boys. I think I think I'm gonna get to my recommendations real quick. Let's I got do it. I got a pretty niche band. Guys may have never heard of them. It's called Army of Hearts. Oh, oh no, <laughs> Army of Hearts. He's doxing us. It's just like I said on our podcast. He's taking our masks off. No one it's knows not who on Army Spotify. of Hearts is. <laughs> It's, it's it's not on Spotify, but you can find them on uh, Re- Reverb Nation. I've never heard of this website until today. John, <laughs> deny, deny, deny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a pretty cool, interesting black metal band. Uh, some might classify as noise band. <laughs> it's definitely it's noise. Enjo- <laughs> we didn't know what noise rock was when we made this. This is organic. Oh, but it's a, that's a good, good little, good little treat he showed me earlier. But, uh, to get into the release radar this week, um, or not this week, but, but recently, um, Kendrick Lamar released his new album. Um, can't remember the name of it. It's the big steppers. Mr. Morale Um, and the big steppers. Yeah. Very good album. Um, highly recommend it. Definitely a step up from damn for sure. I think, yeah, I think in 97 was probably my favorite track. My least favorite track was the one where he's screaming at the chick the entire See, time. See, I, I loved hated that. that one. I loved I that. It gave, me, it gave me anxiety, bro. I was like, uh. Um, it was too it, real. I mean, it, it's cool. It, it was really real. Um, there, There's some other... Um, some other things that have come out. The Algorithm released a new EP. They're like an EDM instrumental, um, like progressive metal band. And then they released a new EP. There's a... Uh, a guitarist named chip chimp spanner he produced i think a new ep as well chimp spanner no it's a single just one song hyperdrive um chip spanner is an instrumental progressive metal artist kind of he does his own little thing similar to like nick johnston i guess pretty interesting pr- pretty interesting stuff um another one that came up uh i think it was home shake home shake is like I don't even know what to classify them. It's like a very kind of lo-fi-esque um, one-man band kind of production artist kind of. It's it's very, very interesting, laid back, kind of uh, vibey. It's not EDM because it's not like fast paced or nothing, but it's it's like it's like sound production. It's really cool. Lo-fi kind of sound production with vocals. He pretty he released a new uh, a new EP 
and then I think Thrice released a new single as well, um, Dead Wake and Scavenger's acoustic version. So there, there's a there's a few things that have come out. I think there's a few more things. Buried Alive, not B U R, but B E R R I E D. Buried Alive. They released a new um, a new little I think either EP or single. And then Avocado Haze. Um, this is a band I, I follow a few people on, on Instagram that kind of like shout out like lower or smaller artists. Avocado Haze is this guy um, who kind of I think he listens to a lot of like Chon and kind of like math rocky kind of stuff. And it, it, it can reflect on his music. And he released a new song too. the uh, it, he's a pretty he's a really good upcoming guitarist. Really neat. Really nice guy. But um, I that kind of reminds I think me that's about it. Have you have you ever listened to Strawberry Girls? Yes, I love Strawberry Girls. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, very good band. Um, the uh, also oh, I remember another one. My apologies. Um, Seagrid. <laughs> I have a I have a soft spot for Seagrid. She's like a Norwegian pop singer. She released a new album. I listened to it the other day. Very good. Like uh, uh, unironically, nice. very good. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Really cool. Um, I think I think that's it. Um. A recommendation that's not a uh, a uh, a uh, release radar or a new release. Alluvial came out or not came out, but Alluvial came out with an album in twenty twenty one, and I have been listening to that again recently, and I have really enjoyed it. Very good, very good little album, um, about ten songs. Very fun to listen to. Very cool band. The first their first album was purely instrumental. The second one has vocals. Very good vocals too, and it's really exciting to see them move in that direction. But uh, other than that, I think I think that's it for that. I think that's I think I think we're there. But boys, boys, thank you very much for coming on, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. This was fun. Yeah, it's been super great. Yeah, definitely. Um, we we you might the viewer the viewer I'm talking to you. Um, you you might you might see a little bit more of these guys. We got we got something brewing. But I think I think we're gonna end it here. I think I think it's time to, to to kick everyone out and close the curtain, shut the doors, lock the door. You know, you know. So so viewers, get on out of here. I don't I don't I don't want you here anymore. We aren't we aren't talking to you. You know, we we don't we don't want you. I'm not listening to you. All right. This is my house. This is my house, and I'm telling you to get out. All right. So so uh, I'll, I'll 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 see you next week. Maybe. <laughs> no, I'll see you next week. Um, thank you for listening. Uh. Talk to you later. Adios. Uh, au revoir. Uh, Avita Zen. Uh, Sayonara. Uh, Guten Tag? Yeah, Guten Nacht at this point. Yeah, uh, Guten Nacht. Yeah. yeah.